This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. that shares, loves, and inspires the hair industry. So we just finished talking to John David, the Mafia hairdresser. JD, as he's known, gave us some great stories about the book that he wrote, Mafia Hairdresser. John David has become quite the social media expert. He gave us some great nuggets, whether you're an individual hairdresser and you want to promote yourself, or if you're a salon and you want to promote the salon. Without any further ado... Let's give it up for JD, the Mafia hairdresser. To take you out sometime. Is that all right? Please do me. So, John, thank you very much for uh, being one of our first guests on our podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to your day off. I think the most obvious question that we have to ask is how did you get your moniker, Mafia hairdresser? Mafia hairdresser that came because I wrote a book called Mafia hairdresser and um, it was about the time where I actually worked for a mob couple they were from Chicago and I That's was scary. in LA at the time <laughs> it was it was it was super not scary at first and uh, it so I worked for them as their hairdresser and basically I was babysitting them for the Chicago mob I didn't know that till I was well into it and, you know, I was basically being paid lots of money to make sure that they didn't sniff up their merchandise before they sold it to the Hollywood, you know, singers and actors and Hollywood elite at the time. So, 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 whoa, I whoa, whoa. so, so who's paying you? <laughs> uh, Chicago mobbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've seen the movie Vegas, eh? So yeah. that, you know, those are all Chicago guys that weren't allowed to sell cocaine to you know, Vegas and L.A. and Hollywood. And I was working for those guys. And in fact, I've met, you know, who uh, Frankie Calabrese Jr. is? Yeah, I certainly know the name. Yeah. He's the one that took down the Chicago mob. I, you know, he was in prison with his dad and basically taped his dad, who was a terrible murderer. Uh, and uh, so I've done book tours with him and he and I have talked. And yeah, I was directly linked to his group. Wow, <laughs> the man. people I was directly working for. That's so I, it stuck. So people everywhere I went after that book, those book tours was, you know, like, oh, you're the mafia hairdresser. So, yeah. And, you know, so that stuck. And then my, I chopped off my last name and now I'm J-O-N hyphen David. And it's just too confusing. Instead of people calling me J.D. John David, they just call me mafia hairdresser, which is fine. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to call you JD or John David. We'll uh, we'll try to stay away from the mafia hairdresser as we oh, move you, forward. What I will speak to anybody with any name. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so uh, just kind of tell our listeners, um, like where you're from, how'd you come up, how'd you get into hair? Hair, I did it to spite my parents because uh, I was always going to be an airline pilot. Went to Europe. Uh, 
school to be an airline pilot. I hated it. It was so boring. Learning to fly and all that, it was just boring. I thought it was great, but being stuck in a cockpit, I'd rather be back to where the stewardesses were, uh, <laughs> flight attendants. And, um, you know, I was just too chatty and talky. So I quit, and they said, well, you better do something, boy. You know, you live at home. I'm like, well, F you. I will join beauty school because I was already making money doing hair. So I, I thought I would do that. And then once I learned it was a science, you know, architecture, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I could make money at it and I could talk all day and have a good time and yet be very professional. It was great. And then opened up a hair salon in Long Beach, California and did pretty well. And then we had a the Reaganomics recession and I just yeah. got tired. I was just tired. So and I was like 25 years old. I was just ugh. so I wanted to be a writer and write this book because that had already happened that episode. I knew I had a good story. So I moved to Chicago in 1992 when I was 30 years old. So did the and mafia hairdresser that happened in Chicago or that was California? That was California. Happened right. when I was really oh, wow. young. Yeah. I just assumed it was Chicago, I guess, you know, all the all the great Chicago mob stories, you know? No, they didn't. Like back in the 80s, they didn't. They were it's still into um, junk bonds and uh, or milk, milk loans. They think they were called, you know, just, you know, breaking people's legs unless they didn't pay off their, <laughs> their junk loans and all that stuff. That's what they were into. And that's what they were doing out in the West Coast, they thought. But the West Coast guys were going, hey, we can sell cocaine. So, so that's who I worked for. But that was early 80s where... The Chicago mobsters didn't really know what was going on. That's pretty awesome, man. That's a great story. <laughs> much better than being an airline pilot, right? It, it, it was so much better. So, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm down here on the ground having action, you know. And then even just talking to people, you know, I thought my life was exciting, but you know, you talk to your clients and you know, Miss Housewife or Mister Nine to Five, and you find out their backstory. You're like, what? What? Yeah, bigger than mafia hairdresser stuff. Some of the, you know. It's the quiet ones you got to watch out for. So that's why I like I like hearing all these people's stories, and and I still do hair a little bit, and and then social media the rest of the time. But I do that in Chicago now. You do the Chicago um, uh, social media from Chicago. I do. I do. I do. I was consulting, but social media consulting is kind of dying because people would rather just pay you for to do it. So that's what I do. I kind of pick and choose who I want to work with. If if your brand or your company looks like something fun for me to work with uh -huh. and I will come in and do all your social media for you, you know, set it up and then you can automate it yourself. Like after, after I'm done, takes about three months to get it up and going between your employees, learning how to, you know, post your Instagrams and, you know, get people in the habit of sending regular emails and so forth. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a three month process usually. So, and I learned that from marketing the book mafia hairdresser. So that's how the social media tie-in came in oh that's pretty cool so you go in and actually set up like the plans like are you doing like you know on mondays we're going to post about you know blondes or thursday we'll post about our client interactions and stuff is that kind of how it breaks down sure yeah yeah so if you're a salon owner and you know you're losing you're losing staff members and it's hard to get staff members now because you you know why should they work for you if you're not paying them insurance or you're not doing their instagram for them or you're not teaching them social media right. or letting them they have to be social media stars in their own right but they also have to po have to post your stuff so that's a heavy schedule you have to do 
promotions in salon. You have to do promotions out salon. You have to do Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and make it very stream streamlined. And that's a lot of work to set it up, especially for salon managers and salon owners that don't really aren't that young that think that's normal to them. So, you know, I can go in and set that up for them and, and really get the employees engaged to where they, they're helping and sourcing that those posts for the owners. Well, that's great because Corey and I were talking earlier because it seems like you were so ahead of the game as far as social media because you started so early. So it makes sense now with the Mafia Hairdresser book that you took to social media to really spread that that book because you were it seemed like you were so far ahead of the game when it came to social media. Yeah, just, you know, this social media and Twitter, Twitter especially, really took off big time in Chicago. And I was friends and did hair and still do the hair of those people who were the pioneers, Um, those people who were the first tweeters and the first um, Domino's pizza uh, tweeters and the first Domino's. He made the, the pizza tracker. It used to be AOL Messenger, I think it was. That was the first pizza tracker, by the way, by uh, Ramon DeLeon. And so he's my friend. And and Liz Strauss, who was the number one female social media person in the world in, sure. the, in the 90s. Um, these are my friends, and I still do their hair. So, oh, <laughs> so that's why awesome. I don't ever give up hair, because... They, you know, they travel around the world and hang out with people with, you know, like Zuckerberg. And so, so yeah, I get, I get the inside information. So I think what's impressive is, you know, you have people who can utilize social media and, they, and you know, and they get a lot of followers. But you're one of the, the beginners that you saw it before it was actually uh, trendy. You know what I mean? And that's a, a gift that I see where people can actually see something and use it, utilize it before it actually is a trend. There's a lot of times most people jump on the trend, but to see it before it actually becomes a trend is pretty impressive. Mm, well, thank you for that. And I really liken it to, you know, hairdressers and stylists and facialists. We hear things way before they come out. We hear our clients talking about stocks and bonds and, and so forth. Um, I remember one stock, Martha Stewart, my client was talking on the phone, like, buy Martha Stewart. This is when she was in, pr- in prison. And then, of course, after she got out of prison and she relaunched that line, it, it was huge. Now I go, now what? I wish I would listen to that. <laughs> so here's here's the lesson is trust your gut instincts if you are a service person in the salon and spa barber industry because you actually, if you listen and you that's your job is listening – to be ahead of the trends and to just do it and learn it, learn one thing correctly and do it well. And your clients are probably masters of industry that know a lot more than you do on certain things. So, yeah, so we do hear things ahead of time. That's pretty great advice. I mean, I can think of probably like four or five times where I wish I had heed that advice. Um, You know, we were, uh, we were very early on with like Under Armour before they got started, which is, you know, more of a local company, you know, in the DC area. And we had heard about it. We just kind of, we wish we had jumped on it um, early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now you won't make that mistake again. You know, even if we make mistakes and it doesn't go off and go viral or whatever, it's okay. That you know, you're not going to invest your whole life savings in just one thing. No. That's not. That's silly. But next time an underarm Under Armour comes along, you kind of you go, hey, how can I fit that into something that benefits me? Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, so. <laughs> What uh what inspires you now? 
What inspires me now? I think um, there's a lot of things that inspire me, and and it's it's people's frustration with the internet. I think everything is automated and people don't understand that i think the individual hairdresser the individual facialist massage therapist nail artist um acupuncturist i think they can focus on one social media platform but it's the business owner who is really you know way behind the eight balls as far as like they could lose they could lose because they have to learn so many Things. They have to learn email, they have to learn Twitter, they have to learn um, blogging or podcasting or whatever to keep new people coming in the uh-huh. door. So that frustration with the tech and not knowing that there is so much more to know and it takes right. about three months for each platform, that is what's interesting to me to translate what I know and to bring it to them so it's workable. So that's my challenge moving forward and also to, to tell people what you're doing on the internet, most people, is bad because people are on it and they're on it, on it, on it. And my philosophy is don't be on it. Don't be on Facebook more than five minutes a day. Don't be on Twitter more than five minutes a day. That's called addiction. And you're looking for likes. You're looking for the for um, sure, that kind of validation. Yeah. And we all do it. I work with spiritual leaders right now for the uh-huh. past couple months because, I, you know, I'm kind of going in a little bit towards that or embracing that side of what I do. Uh-huh. And they are so frustrated. They they are so well on my Facebook page. I don't get a lot of likes, but everybody on my Facebook timeline says things back to me. I go, well, that gives you no money. Stick to your Facebook page, do Facebook ads, invest there, but don't work hard on your timeline because you're spending so much you're wasting your time it's better to you know put a billboard over your head and be on the street with an arrow pointing to buy me but you know it don't spend a lot of time on your facebook page so tweening people off of that social media addiction thing is a big platform i'll be standing on for the next year or two so if we were to shorten up our um, our time on uh, social media, so do you have advice for, um, actually two pieces of advice, do you have advice for like individual hairdressers and where they should, you know, you mentioned that individual hairdressers can get away with one platform. Do you have a, mm-hmm. do you have a preferred platform that um, has the most, you know, bang for the buck, so to speak, um, for an individual hairdresser? And then in contrast to that, um, how would it be different if you had an um how you're promoting yourself as a salon as opposed to an individual. Ah, good. This is a great platform um, to know, and that's Instagram. And you think you know it, but you don't. And it's okay to turn your Instagram into a business page because you can actually boost your Instagram post and be very, very targeted. So that's for the individual. Um, learn it well. Have a... a uh, a design like if your pictures all have a white background and you're just doing the backs of hair great stick with not only that but in that realm so and then make sure the next picture has the same tones if you stay in cool tones or warm tones and just keep consistent and use the proper hashtags in the comments section uh you can go to grum.co and get an automated system you can't always get it it's not always available but you can post ahead of time with that uh, that posting mechanism or use Hootsuite, you post it and then open it up. So that's how you automate it if you're an individual. Now the hair salon, the 
owner, the manager, mm-hmm. you got to do, do a lot more. You got to make sure your website is very streamlined, simple, get the information. So you have to have the website. The individual stylist should have a website too, so their information's there. But we have Style Seat now to book us and other booking apps that, that do like a website. So if you post uh-huh. that in your profile, that's great. But the, for the salon, you have to really, really hone that that website and also link out to your um, stylist websites if they do have them and have the stylist link back to your your website the more people that have um, your website linked in their websites and their blogs and so forth the higher ranking you will do in your Chicago so if I was a uh, Chicago hair salon I would invite myself to my clients basically and say i will do a blog on your website about this 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 in relationships to business even if it's a business thing and then make sure your profile's in there for your business your salon and then the link back to your salon page you'll improve your rankings individually in the city that you're at you'll far surpass anyone else because no one's doing that like your google rankings like so when you look for a salon it it comes up you know, yes. John, that, that's that's amazing. That's great advice. Thank you. You know, that's the number one thing that Google uh, ranks you at. I swear to God, you will rank so high. This is such a great tip. And also, you know, you have to learn email marketing. Make sure that, that um, your website collects people's emails. Now, the individual stylist might be a little too busy to, to um, collect uh, emails, but uh-huh. the owner has to do that. So important. And, you know, and learn two or three platforms, but take three months to learn each one and then move on once you get it. So those are the two different variables. And also one last tip, and I did it on my Facebook live on Mafia or JD Mafia hairdresser page on Facebook. Um, If you can get each individual stylist to repost and there is a app called repost uh, by Red Cactus and that is in your app store. And you can repost your salon's stuff. Now, if you're the salon who is posting and you're not getting a lot of traction, make sure you email every time you do a post and say, hey, would you repost? And do that individually to each one of your staff members. They can go to repost and repost it. It puts the uh, Instagram tag of the salon in mm-hmm. there so people can follow that salon. So you will increase your salon's following through each individual stylist, facialist, and manicurist. It's the best way to increase is your own stylist. You are the man. So those are good tips, right? Those are fantastic, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Big these are these are big business tips. These are this is what American Airlines does. This is what United Airlines does. This is what big businesses do. This is how they crowdsource their employees. That's fantastic. Um, if you if, if you're an individual hairdresser and you don't have a website, do you think it's enough to you know do a forwarding link from your Instagram? Uh, forwarding link to your Instagram. That's a good question. I am going to say that would be okay nowadays. Uh, that would be against what I used to think in uh-huh. the prior years. But I'm going to say that's going to be okay. But there's no reason why you can't have your own website now where you house all the information that links back out to your Instagram, to your Facebook page and so forth, because those are some people want to play with Instagram. Some people don't want to play with Instagram. Not all Uh your clients want to link to your Instagram and like your Instagram. And they're very, very private. Like if they're over 40, they don't want, 
to link to your Instagram because they just follow their grandkids and that's it. <laughs> sure. You know, you know who they are. But and but they're they got money. They're the ones that spend money. So I say get a website. If you if you go to goalachiever.club or salonspa.chat or moppyhairdresser.salon, those are my three websites. Uh-huh. Sign up for my email because I'm going to have um, a build your own website. It will cost you about. Mm, a hundred bucks to build the best freaking website in the world that's SEO yeah and it's just the best way to do it and I know you guys are getting your website up and running yeah we are just better better to do and I'll give the tip here is um, elegantthemes.com has a thing called the Divi Builder and the Divi Builder is the standard both in medium sized businesses to small businesses it's the easiest way to build a website you can think 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 build a website and you're and you're good to go and you it you know with the apps that i put in it will be secure search engine friendly and it's super easy to update that's awesome so i was reading on your website about the um are you doing uh is it is it udemy is it an udemy course udemy yeah 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 yeah, 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 Uh yeah. it's a new platform that's it's now the standard I jumped on that one pretty quick. Oh, thank God, huh? Um, that Forsyth again, the John David Forsyth. <laughs> again, it's my my clients that tell me shit. <laughs> yeah, <Good>. right. <laughs> Listen to them; they're smart. Uh-huh. So, can you? Um, I mean, I can do it, or you can do it. Can you just kind of explain what Udemy is and what sure what, what they're you, doing? Yeah, if you go to u d e m y dot com, you will see. A myriad of classes. In fact, I just took a course on for ten dollars, and for the next few days, uh, and and every three months, you can get most of the classes for ten dollars, even if it's a two hundred and fifty dollar class. And they are like my class. I did one called Goal Visualization that has all, three sections, and there's like six hours of video. You do it at your own pace, and uh-huh. and it's all it's about how to meditate basically daily and five minute increments or 10 minute to to have a better life and i will put my how to do your build a website in you know three days kind of thing and but you can do a million things from yoga to social media to twitter uh instagram and you can look at the reviews and the ratings of these people and they're all relatively new um these these courses so they're fresh they're updated and it's just a great way to learn anything social media or even sewing or knitting if you wanted to what an amazing whoever came with that idea it's just it's just a great idea you know yeah it's neat right absolutely and i I have to think about what i can teach now yeah yeah because it's passive income so any of you if you like i invite any stylist or owner, if you guys have a special skill, it's very easy to go to um, how to make your own Udemy course on Udemy, and uh, it will show you how. I took three months to make my first one. It should have taken me three weeks, right. but you know, I, I was you know making it too big and too splashy, and you know, I don't know if I succeeded, <laughs> but you know, I got a thousand. There, right? and, yeah, I got a thousand. Uh, buyers right off the bat so so I did something right yeah so but it's passive income so I can update it I can um, do great things so if you guys have something you want to do and right now there's no hairdressers on there there's no people uh, teaching <laughs> Don't give away our secrets, you can man. teach 
Barbie, you know, Barber stuff, like Barber cuts. I mean, this is so great on YouTube. I would tear that down and make it, you know, a, you know, five-step process, how to do a fade or whatever. I, you know, even how to do perms. Like I do these great air oxidation perms that people go, oh, those are great. You know, when somebody needs a perm and they don't want it to smell, I know how to make it work. Hey, high fives. So, yeah, so you you could do anything, but just make sure if you do a course on Udemy and you're going to do it for the long haul, make sure you make three or four of them. You have three or four lined up, ready to go. So you mentioned your three uh, your websites that uh, that you have going on right now. Can uh, mm-hmm. we talk about them a little bit? Sure, sure. What do you want to know? The uh, the hashtag Salon Spot Chat. What is that all yeah. about? Salon Spot Chat. We were the first. Um, online twitter chat because twitter chats were a huge thing just like um tweet ups i don't know if you know what that was but when twitter came out we used to be able to go around and say on twitter hey hashtag you know at uh dick cuz we'll be there so everyone within 20 minutes would show up in chicago that was on twitter to to hang out with us like and then we would sell out that means that we could almost sell at the bar and so that was the power of Twitter and tweet ups. I mean, um, Twitter chats were the same thing. We would show up online with a certain hashtag. You just hit on the hashtag and you could see in real time what we were talking about. My buddy, Steve Green, who is here in um, Miami. I'm going to see him a few days, too, since I'm here. He moved back to Miami and he was he owns foodie chats, F.O.O. D-I-E-C-H-A-T-S. That's with a hashtag. And he every night on Monday at 8, 8 p.m., he talks to people all over the world, millions of people at the same time. So so that's what we did. We did a takeoff of a foodie chat for uh-huh. salons and spas on Twitter. And then we took it offline. We did it uh, with a Skype-like platform. And now I just... Let's do it on my Facebook page, JD Mafia Hairdresser. And it's just me. I don't have co-hosts anymore. I just do it myself. And um, I just tell Twitter tips and Facebook tips and today Instagram tips on my Facebook page. So so it's just free information to the salon and spa industry. And if you want to ask me questions, it's like you're asking me questions. Um, you don't have to pay me. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I know. That's brilliant because you definitely have the, uh, the experience and – uh, the foreground of uh, all this. So tell us about uh, GoalAchiever.club. GoalAchiever.club is going to be a sourced uh, platform where I'm using um, spiritual leaders, um, or and it doesn't have to be spiritual um, or religious per se, but people who you know are pretty grounded in meditation and mm-hmm. mindfulness and and being happy and and we will do a podcast with those people and also i'll be doing courses on udemy as well as having them do courses i'll be producing their courses and putting them under goalachiever.club now that's not to say they will they won't take those courses and put it on slideshare or teachable uh-huh. uh, but if i produce it i'm going to make half of that amount of money on udemy and then they can do whatever they want make it money off of that course on the other side but i will produce it i'll film it i'll do all that stuff because i have all the wherewithal to know how to do that right 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 right. so that's what that is it's just it's a positive positive thing it's a great um passive income for me and it allows me to do whatever i want to do like be in florida all of january i'm a little jealous i gotta be honest 
<laughs> we'll jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on the other coast, I think. Yeah, I, I'm from there. Had it, I used it up. If there's anything left that I left behind, you can have it. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So with all that you're doing with social media and first off, I, I want to give you a sincere thanks, maybe from the industry. I mean, I think that you're really um, you're doing a lot of positive stuff for the industry and, you know, asking for a little back. You know, I, I think that's pretty amazing. I think that that's our goal with our podcast is just to bring people that, you know, both inspire and love and, and give back to our industry. And um, so from the entire industry, I guess I can say thank you. Thank you. If I could speak well, for them, right? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I appreciate that. You're welcome. So um, given all that, where, where do you see the industry in 10 years? Uh, 10 years. I, I believe that salons will be salaried. I think we have to go back to that where uh-huh. uh, they'll have more control over their management styles. They'll be manager per se. You definitely want to be an owner that is um, versed in business, uh, all business, um, from management to... Do you, see, uh, do, you, do you see that more business men or business people will get into the industry as opposed to hairdressers trying to make it work in a hair salon? Yeah, I don't think I think the days of where you're a hairdresser going, oh, I want to own my own salon are over. I think you really have to go get the management, um, not if not a degree, but the the training because you can learn anything on YouTube. Right. Right. So I think they have you have to go in and go. I have to learn management and I have to learn marketing and I have to learn social media, which are three different things. And I have to learn how to um to run a business with the numbers in today's uh, social and economic climate because uh-huh. it's diff- it's different than it was. The working capital that you have to have is far greater now than it used to be. Yeah, no doubt. Well, everything. So I think so that's going to happen. But, yeah, but isn't there? So expensive. Isn't there? I mean, I'm just trying to think. You know, I'm trying to have um, JD Forsyth. My thought would be that real estate prices and stuff should start to drop with all the big companies going out of business. You think it would drive the market down if if we use a you know supply and demand um, analogy? Uh, yeah, but that doesn't work very very well for a salon owner unless they're going to be the landowner as well. But uh-huh. it's just not gonna, it's not going to work. The rents aren't going to go down. That's it's that's not going to happen. I have um, my friend Andrea Metcalf. Uh, who's America's fitness ex- expert. Mm-hmm. She's opening up a big gym, but it's a multi-source uh, gym. So there's actually four gyms in one, a yoga studio, and it's called Fuse, F-U-S-E, in Chicago. And she is doing uh, the you know the surfboard, hang, hang 10, um, surfboard uh, exercise gym, and this room is, you know, there's a bunch of them together. Uh-huh. So she's crowdsourcing to make sure that that rent is taken care of because the rents will always go up um, unless she's the landowner or the the landlord. Right. So you got to watch out for um, whether the interest rates go up or down because the people who have the real estate stronghold are going to keep it. They're not going to just give it away. Right. And where do, where do you see... Um... At least in, in we're we're right outside of Washington and in, in kind of the studio suite, mm-hmm. uh, studio suite, they've just kind of come to our area, so they're just starting to grow there. Where do you, where do you see those? What do you what do you see happening with those? 
Well, this is what's going to happen. You're going to see people like me opening them um, because uh-huh. I could do it in in a blink of an eye. I can I can I can put out just a few tweets <laughs> and I can fill my slot because everyone's going to want to work with the guy, Monty hairdresser, who knows what he's doing. Right. Where I'll make each one of those people a star. So you have that. So build up your social media platform if you're going to open up a suite or even be a franchisee to Sola Salons or Phoenix Salon Suites or whatever. Uh-huh. Make sure you have a huge social media following and you'll always be able to fill them. Also, uh, you want to make sure that you have enough capital to to go a lot farther than you think you have. So I would have a, a almost six months to a year's worth of rent ready to go because if you have a flood or you know um, was the, the cyclone bomb winter thing happened to you <laughs> you know you have to you have to be yeah you have to have that that working capital uh-huh. and then for the individual stylist that wants to make some great money in a salon suite uh environment i would make sure that you can break down the walls and so you can rent out more chairs and then rent uh, sub rent those chairs out so like a business inside of a business then so right and it's their mini salons because if you can get booked up so well and you're using style seat Uh and you're punching through the you know you can't you can't do any more physically then you're going to sub yourself out to the next person and that you're just one person work, working with two or three other people uh-huh. you can certainly be the boss of them and have fun with them and train those three other individuals so instead of having one chair you're going to have three rounds crush the wall down and then start putting in another four not only will they pay your product your overhead you'll be making money off of them and they'll be making more money than they would in a salon so do you think that a salon should max out at 42% commission, but do you think, and if that's true, do you think that in a salon suite that the um, the, the suite owner could uh, afford to pay hairdressers coming up a little more? Oh, yeah. I, there's a girl named Christina uh, that works at the Phoenix Salon Suites in Chicago. Uh-huh. She's paying her, her girls big time, and she asked me to move. She was right next to me. We didn't really talk that much. She was so busy and I was you know I'm hardly I live upstairs right and then I go downstairs and do one or two clients a day and I don't hang out so she asked to take over mine and I moved across the way and she's already expanded let's say she's got two chairs over there two chairs over there and then she also rented out the one next to me again I'm sure she's looking at me going can you move again and I and <laughs> she's I was killing it, man. yeah she's killing it yeah so she and, and and the girls that run the eyebrow studio, they have a two suite place, and then they rented out another one just for seating. So they had enough overhead just for seating. Just for seating, so, like 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 they're renting out their own waiting room. Yeah, it has no retail in it. It's just candy and cookies and cute little furniture around there, and their women wait. Yeah, well, they can afford that. Let's give them an industry high five then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are the girls that you should be interviewing too. I'll give you their names uh, in a few days and and interview these girls. And these these are way above my pay grade as far as what they are doing with their salon suite mechanism. How this business model is really working. Well, we'll take any content we can get. We appreciate that. Yeah, they're. I think they'd be good content. I got to interview them for Salon Spot Chat too, but uh, haven't done it yet. So you you can have the scoop. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, man. So 
with all this great information in just a short amount of time on this podcast, for our listeners, how can they get a hold of you, listen to you, reach out to you? What would be the best way for them to uh, just uh, stay in contact with you? Well, you can go to mafiahairdresser.salon or mafiahairdresser.com or just Google Mafi Hairdresser. You will find me on Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, uh, every social media platform that is the main ones. And you can like my page, JD Mafi Hairdresser. Get on my a- email list. You can always email me directly from that email list. You uh-huh. can always, uh, my phone number is available. Um, y- you can always get a hold of me. I'm super easy. If somebody needs a 30 minute consultation, I'm usually free to give up my time for that. Um, I pretty much have lined up clients who I want to work with, but you know, if you right. need some help and you need some help, I'll, I'm certainly there to there to do it. Not a lot of people take me up on it, but I'm always happy to do that. Well, we may take you up on it because we certainly need a, a lot of help getting started. Um, yeah, sure, absolutely. I'm here for you. So, uh, another question: Growing mm-hmm. up, who was your favorite superhero? Oh, Superman! Yes, of course, Superman. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Batman. I'd rather be Batman, but if I had to. You know, my favorite was Superman because he could do everything. So, yeah. I mean, I was dressed as Batman when I was a kid, you know. Uh-huh. But um, It was but the gray secretly, suit of Batman, wasn't it? It was. It just had a, I don't know, it was just better, you know. The Adam, and was it Adam West, right? Adam West, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was more real to me, you uh-huh. know. Whereas, whereas Superman was like, I wish it was him, you know. But you know, I don't alien. believe it. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's an alien. So I didn't, I didn't feel I could could do that awesome i just want to really uh just give you a, a, a huge thanks and you know just giving us so much information and and just being so generous with your knowledge and uh just you know just truly a big thanks and shout out to you hey thanks buddy i'm, I'm glad to do it that's that's what podcasts are for you just give people as much stuff as they can they can digest and and chew it up for later if you need to. <laughs> John, once again, I'll, um, I'll, I'll ditto what Tony said. And thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Um, thanks for your, your knowledge. And we definitely want to stay in touch. Yeah, please do stay in touch if you need anything. Um, like Absolutely. I, said, I know you guys are building a website, so uh-huh. that's probably number one. So okay, awesome. <laughs> All right, great. John, again, thank you very much. And thanks for uh, joining us on your day off. All right. Thanks, buddy. Good luck. Thanks. So there it is. We also want to give a special thanks to Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Sarah and Blaine allowed us to use their music that runs under the uh, podcast. It's called Pleased to Meet You, which I thought was only appropriate for our podcast. You can find Pretty Gritty's music on iTunes. 